having that deep self-awareness um, uh, as a leader and knowing who you are, what your gifts are, what your strengths and what you bring to the table, and also knowing areas that you that you know you need to work on, right? Um, that's so critical for leadership. And then when working from that place, then you can start to form meaningful and uh, meaningful and authentic connections to others, whether it's your team members, um, other stakeholders, your clients, or or whatever. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the How for Her Human Expansion Realized podcast. These podcasts are the creative artistry inspired by our weekly Gather for Her conversations that take place in real time. They are the culmination of co-created and harvested wisdom that is palpable during these gatherings around our virtual fire. Our hope is that in a practice of deep listening with us here, you will feel our hands at your back in the journey of realizing your own personal expansion, leaving each listening experience with a spark that ignites your how. This week's guest is Vanessa L'Esperance, a mixed heritage woman who is on a mission to invoke heart-centered transformation and decolonize business through workplace spirituality. You may also recognize Vanessa from our own team here at Powerhouse. Together, she and our hosts dive into the topic of why all workspaces should work toward decolonizing. Workplace spirituality, that was the, the focus of my master's degree. And I figured that was one way to decolonize business. Because in a Western worldview, and most people can attest to, because we're all working um, within a, a Western context, a colonial Western world, most places, I won't say everywhere, but most places in a Western context, you're invited to bring your mind and your body to work, right? So you're, you physically show up, you're physically working, whatever it is, whether it's at a computer or you're doing more manual work um, and you can bring your mind. So you think, but then we're, we're asked, we're expected to cut ourselves off from our emotion and our spirit, but we're whole human beings, right? We carry all of us with us, no matter where we are. So I want to examine what might it look like if in organizations and businesses, we start to normalize just accepting and embracing all, all of us, our holistic selves, mind, body, emotion, and spirits. And that's also part of the teaching of the medicine wheel. Uh, as you mentioned, Char, I'm a, I'm a mixed heritage Métis woman, and I'm a French Anishinaabe Métis from the Red River. So those are my origins. And in reconnecting to my heritage um, and my Anishinaabe roots, um, uh, a medicine wheel is really prominent. And the medicine wheel teaches us for complete and total well-being, we need balance in mind, body, emotion, spirits. And if it's off, if, if the wheel is off, if it's off balance, then that's where we're, we're going to start to not be well. And I deeply sense that that's why so many people in so many places, they're taking leave because of burnout and stress and just people are not well at work. So how can we do that? And for me, one of the solutions is workplace spirituality. I love that, um, Vanessa. Um, I, I too, well, I'm, I'm in the MBA program right now. And what I'm noticing is um, there's, there's more talk there's more literature on on workplace spirituality than than ever. Um, there's not a lot, but it's it's becoming there's more 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 um, literature on it, which um, is very um, it's very um, exciting. 
um, and so my OMP or thesis, it's the same thing as a thesis, um, is not on workplace spirituality per se, but it does have a, a component of of that in in it. In that, uh, like you said, we can't have um, uh, we can't be whole leaders without um, having that balance. And and so um, so so thank you for 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 bringing for, thank you for your work in the world. It is so important. Uh, thanks, thanks, Sharon, and. Uh, and, you, and I'm sure you can attest too, Sharon, like, um, as I mentioned, I wasn't raised with my Métis uh, culture heritage. And um, it's something that I really only realized because my, my papa started to open up to me in my mid-20s. And, uh, and I was like, oh, like, this is, this is amazing. And, and then since then, at that time, when I figured that out, when I found that out from my papa, I was working in a corporate environment. So I was working, I had a corporate gig for over 11 years, like working a nine to five. So I'm very familiar and I'll have a lot of experience in working in a, um, a in like a big national corporation that's like very Western focused, right? Since leaving there, most of my work, and I've been so fortunate and blessed that most of my work has been with indigenous organizations and with indigenous leaders. And there's such a difference especially like when you when you go into circle and there's prayer like people pray um you know talking about emotions really having like heart-centered deep um deep conversations and this is just part of the normal work day you know and you don't you don't see this in in large um uh, western corporations so it's just such a, a beautiful way of being and a reminder that there are alternatives to mainstream dominance um ways of, of doing business and we have meals together, you know, it, it, that really, because you know what, you know, breaking bread with somebody is so important, but to do that in, in, in at work, you know, it's like, what, you know, like I'd have the occasional potluck, uh, but we actually, you know, I've, I've worked in organizations where we have a kitchen. And so we actually cook a meal and we have a meal together. And, and, and it just makes all the difference in the world to, to your psyche, to your, to your, um, spiritual being right your your mental emotional physical selves totally and like how it's just it's just a given that you know a lot of events or projects i'm part of there's always meals provided you know it's always incorporated because it's yeah it's just a part of that relationship building is is eating together yeah sharing a meal okay i love this and um and i just want to like I want to throw in some of the thoughts that are probably happening for our listeners. So some, I'm sure many of our listeners are going, Oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. Oh my gosh, eating together. Oh my gosh. And then there's probably people going, well, how do you get any work done? Well, how does that happen? What do you mean you're praying? What now you're bringing prayer in? Like, well, what does that do? Um, I would, where do you want to start? Uh, uh, how do you want to unpack efficiency, inefficiency? I don't know. Let's just open it up to the things that you, I'm just going to leave it to you. Yeah. I don't need to be the expert. You are. What comes up for you? Well, oh, geez. Well, I, Char and, and Sharon can attest to this just because you're an Indigenous entrepreneur, Indigenous leader doesn't mean you, you don't get shit done. <laughs> like, indigenous women are some of the most hardworking 
folks that I know and are balancing literally a hundred things all at once and get it all done um, and wear deadly earrings while doing it. So, <laughs> um, no, honestly, it's, um, you know, it, it's funny. It's a, it's a catch 22 because uh, uh, being an entrepreneur or being a leader, like it's, it's busy, right? And there's, there's so much, um, there's so much work to be done and it gets done. Um, and at the same time too, uh, in my work with the Lift Circle and having the privilege of knowing so many um, indigenous entrepreneurs, there's also a focus on balance too. Um, and again, looking at the, the, the medicine wheel, it's always about like trying to live in balance. So yeah, having, getting that work done, um, and also making sure you have time for rest and time for play. Um, one of my mentors, Tara Fraser, I don't know, she probably works like, I don't know, 120 hours a week. Like, I don't know how, I don't know where she finds the time. Um, what she tells me, she does things in seasons. So she knows this season's gonna go, 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 nonstop. It's gonna be, you know what I mean? It's gonna, this is gonna be a wild season. But then she's intentional on, okay, now this is a season for rest. You know, so it's you make it you make it your own, but work still definitely gets done. Let me tell you, um, and uh, and it's also important to you know if you have meetings. Let's say you have meetings every day, you can still take five or ten minutes just to check in with one another, check in with yourself, check in with your team, and that's easy. That but it takes like five five minutes, and then you still get on with the rest of the meeting. You get done what you need to get done. But it's not forgetting that we're we're human, you know what I mean? We're human beings first, and then giving space for that, um, and then allowing for for the work to get done. I think it's about prioritizing ourselves first, right? And then um, and, and and just making that commitment. Because, yeah. like you say, we, we are busy um, as entrepreneurs, and whether we're we're indigenous or not, entrepreneurs are busy people. And women in general, like whether you're indigenous or non-indigenous, yes. I know women too are always like juggling multiple things all at once, you know? So, um, yeah, and we still get it done, right? So, uh, There's something to yeah. be said about seasons, for sure. Following yeah. the seasons. There's a reason for mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. love think to hear what, your thoughts. I saw, yeah. Yeah. What, what comes up for me, I think, is what's coming up right now is um, stagnant energy, fragmented, fractured energy, and focused fire hose <laughs> energy. And so when I think about whole leadership and how I redefine that as how I define that is reconnection to spirit. It's about leadership not being linear this way or linear this way. It's about this way. Um, I think that what I'm learning as an Indigenous entrepreneur and from the elders that, that I am spending time with is um, how are we ensuring that our energy is flowing and not stagnant? Um, and part of that is seasonal, part of it's cyclical. Like one thing I learned from, from Chief Wayne Christensen um, was, uh, Chief Wayne Christian, was um, that our, our 
families in Splatsing used to actually travel to numerous houses depending on the season. We didn't, we didn't, we weren't born to actually live in one house for the whole year. We weren't, we weren't born to work in one office space for 10 years. That actually is very stagnant energy. So when we're talking about whole leadership, it, it is relearning and reimagining and rethinking what um, reconnecting to our spirit means and, and how um, reinvigorating that energy flow and, and focusing it in, it actually catapults productivity but it, it looks very different because we're redefining productivity and we're re redefining it at our own pace, right? It's something you just mentioned, Charlotte. It was like, oh yeah, um, a buzz for, for me, that, that reconnection. Um, so I'll, I'll share with you my working definition of workplace spirituality. Cause like, I think, I know it can be a very ambiguous term. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? Um, so for me, it's meaningful and authentic connections to self to others, to the land, and a higher being or a higher power. And for me, that higher being or higher power, even if you're atheist, to me, it's connecting to your higher self, right? So we have like, you know, the the the, the place that we want to just like react and just like give in to whatever we want. Um, but then I, I believe that we also have a, a higher self, a higher consciousness. And then so it's the ability to tap in and connect to that. So um, that that higher being, higher power, it can be whatever it looks like for you. But in that sense, using that definition, workplace spirituality is truly inclusive, no matter what your, your beliefs or your ideologies are, um, it can fit for, for everyone. And by having those meaningful connections um, to self, because everything, leadership always starts with self, right? So having that deep self-awareness um, uh, as a leader and knowing who you are, what your gifts are, what your strengths and what you bring to the table, and also knowing areas that you that you know you need to work on, right? Um, that's so critical for leadership. And then when working from that place, then you can start to form meaningful and uh, meaningful and authentic connections to others, whether it's your team members, um, other stakeholders, your clients, or or whatever. Um, and those and those types of relationships for me is really what makes life worth living, right? When you're working with people you genuinely like and admire, um, it just makes everything so much so much better. Um, and knowing that other folks um, see you and hear you and and you know that they're also invested in your well-being, um, like how how much better could it could it get than that, you know? So, yeah, that's that that's my definition and so it's all about connection. Um, one of our questions was what, um, you know, what does whole, why is whole leadership important to you? Which we, maybe we've kind of danced in this already, but I just want to, if there's anything missing there that you want to throw in, uh, Vanessa, or the other question we have is, you know, how are you bringing whole, your whole self to leadership these days? And wherever you want to go with that. Oh, geez, how much time do we have? <laughs> um, uh, well, why, why is it important to me? Um, 
so so many different reasons. Um, but one of them, as as you indicated, Tina, I alluded to it earlier, but um, it's really for our well-being, for everyone's well-being, holistic well-being. So mind, body, emotion, spirit. And I truly believe, um, and the research shows that um, when when we are living in balance in the workplace and we feel supported, connected, um, and seen, um, it helps to reduce like uh, workplace stress. It increases well-being. It decreases stress and anxiety, and it and it overall creates um, a, a sense of of well-being. And then in that sense, it will reduce the amount of people going on leave. Um, and it actually has, um, uh, research shows, it does have a positive um, ROI, so return on investment, and it does actually help um, the bottom line. So looking from a, a business sense, it's actually just good business to take care of, of your people um, through holistic leadership. Um, also, I would be remiss to, to indicate too that um, uh, for me, what's also really important and crucial in workplace spirituality to not lose sight that it's not some like pie in the sky thing. It's also really rooted in social justice, I believe, because we can't be heart centered leaders or organizations and at the same time permit um, oppression inequality, inequities, um, and social injustices um, that you, you can't you can't hold the, the both at the same time. So to be a heart-centered leader in an organization, you really also need to be committed to social justice. You need to be committed to reconciliation because really if that's an honoring of all people, um, especially people who've been uh, historically and intentionally uh, oppressed marginalized and excluded so it's about bringing those folks away from the margins and uplifting and amplifying um, their their stories their voices and them as people and professionals so um, it's really all encompassing the the benefits i wanted to jump in there um so um you mentioned something about the spirituality. Well, I mean, we've been talking about it. Um, I forget what the other word was, but um, um, spirituality is be definitely becoming more grounded in science. Um, that that's that's becoming um, a well-known fact. Um, and it, it, it um, I, so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about more about spirituality when when we consider. Well, first of all, you wrote your thesis on workplace spirituality. Um, and then you have this business with your uh, Van City uh, Labyrinth. Um, and so tell, can you tell us a little bit about the, the Labyrinth and how you've weaved that into um, the work that you do in the world? Thanks, Sharon. Giving a plug for Van City Labyrinth. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> well, uh, in, in doing my research for, for my master's degree, the concepts of, of labyrinths came into my reading and came into my, my research, but it wasn't my focus, but it definitely planted a seed. I'm like, mm, this is something I want to revisit because it's, it's a, a beautiful, ancient and sacred modality, a spiritual modality that I thought would be so easy to incorporate into the workplace. And for folks who don't know, um, a labyrinth is essentially a walking meditation. 
So it's like it's it's designed in a in a big circle. And unlike a maze, a maze is designed to get you lost. There's dead ends, right? So, um, uh, but unlike a, a maze, a labyrinth has just one single continuous path. So you just, you're on this path and you just keep walking, keep walking until eventually you end up in the center. And for me, there's so many beautiful teachings about the, the labyrinth. Um, one of them being like just, the, just in our lives, we're all meant for a path and we're all walking on our own paths. And there's going to be twists and turns, but ultimately, if we just keep going, just one foot in front of the other, we're going to go where we're meant to be. And there's no getting it wrong, right? So we, but we just got to keep keep walking, and we'll end up um, in in the placement for us. And so, um, so for, for me, it's just so many beautiful teachings with the labyrinth. And what's also beautiful, or labyrinths have been found like all around, like literally all around the world. One of the oldest ones uh, is uh, um, what's now known as uh, Australia. So there's a labyrinth there called the Rainbow Serpents, uh, 6,000 years old. Um, so that's one of the oldest labyrinths. Um, so obviously indigenous peoples in, in Australia used labyrinths. Um, there's been one in, um, ones in Egypt, ones in Ireland, in Greece, in India, in Arizona, what's now known as Arizona. Um, so literally a different type of form of, of labyrinth is literally like all around the world. So it's like just this really beautiful um, ancient modality. And I like to say that, you know, chances are you might be walking a path uh, that your ancestors walked, you know, a similar path because it's really um, labyrinths are uh, uh, have been found all around the world. So, uh, and the type that I use is Chartres. So the one found in, in France, which is a connection to my, my French uh, roots, my French heritage. And so, um, and really in, in how I would work in the workplace, I would bring the, the labyrinth I have is a, a mat. It's a poly nylon cloth, it's 18 feet in diameter. And we come set it up and I just figured how beautiful would it be to give team members and staff an opportunity to, to have a walking meditation on their own time when their schedule is permitted. But I thought like what a great way to like decompress or unwind after a really hard call or a really crappy meeting or maybe you're just having a bad day because people have bad days. I just have a chance to connect to self because that's really what the, the labyrinth is. It's, a, um, it's an invitation to connect to self and journey inwards. And people who, who've um, walked the labyrinth uh, have given me just really beautiful feedback and insights from walking it. So it's so simple yet so powerful and one way, an easy way to incorporate um, spirituality in the workplace. I think we're going to have to pull one of those into a powerhouse retreat. That's what I think. I think so. Hey. Um, I'd like to segue into that and your your involvement at Powerhouse and and your relationship here. And I'm just curious, you know, you're the newest member to the team, and I and I want to know, like, would you share with us, you know, you still have fresh eyes on the organization. What are you seeing? What are you noticing? What's lighting you up about the work here and your part in it in Powerhouse? I would say the thing that gets me the most jazzed about uh, Powerhouse is the focus on decolonizing leadership and, uh, and how heart-centered and relational um, the focus is. And, um, and I also really appreciate, um, you know, that the team is, is mixed with Indigenous and, and non-Indigenous um, 
folks on the team and yet everyone is so heart-centered um, and so that's what really speaks to me and sings to me um, and uh, and as mentioned in my bio uh, I graduated from uh, Masters of Arts and Leadership at Railroads University uh, so did our colleague Christina Venti and uh, yeah big up to Christina <laughs> who isn't here um, and my experience at Railroads is like Wow, it was so profound because the, the school of leadership there is so heart-centered and what we learned. And, and I just love that. And to me, Powerhouse is offering kind of like a, a, a continuation of, of that experience of my two-year master's experience at Railroads. It seems like, you know, Powerhouse, um, you know, offers something similar in that it's relational and heart-centered and focused on, you um, uh, leadership in a good way and leading in a good way and really leveraging your strengths and understanding what your strengths are as as a leader to make the most um, impact and most change that that we're here to make so that's what I really love about powerhouse and that it's honoring indigenous ways of knowing and being and again taking those indigenous worldviews away from the margins which have been um, marginalized and and um, pushed to the sidelines because of colonization and really honoring it and championing it and um, bringing, bringing it to the forefront and ensuring that indigenous wisdom and ways of knowing and being is credited. So it's not like some like new age form of leadership ideology or practice. No, it's just like, hey, this is old, right? It's like since time immemorial, this is how indigenous peoples have, have been and operated. And so now it's just time to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, I, you know what's coming through for me right now, Vanessa, is um, pushing pushing the knowing <clears throat> that we have, the, pushing the knowing out to the sidelines is what we've done in the past. And now we're, we're bringing it back to the center, even, even your labyrinth example. So when I think about the, the, the me, we, us example, you know, it starts with me, then it's within my organization, which happens to be powerhouse and, and region or any business organization. And then it's society, my place in society. But I think if we're really honest with ourselves, workplace spirituality is not anything foreign. It's actually not. If we're really, truly honest with ourselves as human beings and we just... Um, get rid of the distractions and we listen to ourselves. It's just that we pushed it to the sidelines. And in our organizations, if we're really honest with ourselves, we know we can do better. We actually know we can do better and be better as an organization, as a powerful change maker. And in society, <laughs> you know, we, we, we're, we have no choice but to do and be better. So it's very interesting to me in this conversation that we're being encouraged on multiple levels to bring a knowing that we have um, to the back to the center and how that's represented through the labyrinth. Like I find, I'm just finding that really interesting because I haven't heard you say, you know, push to the sidelines before and now bringing it back to center. So I, I really love that. And I, thank you for you know saying it that way and i think it's a very important part of what you are inviting change making organizations to do and i say change making organizations because i think every organization 
it has the ability to be an incredible change maker, right? So yeah, thank you for that. I want to ask you about first steps because you're currently co-facilitating first steps with Christina Benti and that is our relational leadership um, 90 day cohort. And I'd love for you to share what that's been like for you and maybe your invitation to any of our listeners around that program. You know, what's funny. We had a session yesterday and it's funny because, because as I've mentioned over the past few years, so much of my work has been mostly with Indigenous organizations and Indigenous peoples um, and holding circles on a, on a regular basis. And um, and I know everyone here has been part of a, a, a circle. Um, and so, you know, you know, the just like the, the power of them and just um, the, con the connection, the interconnection interconnectedness of them um, and and how transformational they are and because I'm so used to being in circles I realize so many people they're not it's, it's probably something a new experience for them and so I forget that so being in the first steps cohorts I'm reminded because people are like wow they're like I've never felt so supported or I've never felt like I've been able just to share and open up um, I never felt like I could have like this sisterhood or um, feel so connected, even over the screen, like even over, you know what I mean? Like just through a, um, a, a computer monitor. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, so that's that's validation that um, this is needed, right? It's a, a, a space for folks to come to show up, be their true selves, show up how you are, wherever you're at, um, all is welcome. And, um, and there's no, you don't, there's no pretenses, you know what I mean? You don't have to like come up with this false front. Um, all of you is welcome in this space. And that opens the door for real rich, meaningful conversations and dialogue. Um, and really allows you to tap into your leadership and, and elevate your, your leadership. So I'm reminded of that and just hearing some of the feedback from our current First Steps cohorts. Um, uh, I shared with you, Shar, just uh, the other night, but one of one of the, the cohort members was like, because um, the, the cohort we have right now is a political focus. And one of the women shared in an, in an email, she was like, you know what? She's like, I wasn't going to run for, for office, but she was like, because of this cohort, I'm going to do it because I feel like I have it in me and I feel validated by this group, by the circle, by this, in this first steps um, cohort. And so just hearing stuff like that and hearing from, from other members who, who said, I feel like I feel seen um, in this group. And so to me, that's what first steps is all about. And that's what it offers. It's um, that chance to, to show up, be seen and, uh, and be supported. So Yeah, if I could just add a, a just a quick tip on onto that because Vanessa has just been such an amazing adi addition to our first steps cohort. Um, I think that my reflection on first steps over the number of cohorts that we've run so far and just kind of seeing how it is being accepted is that um, there there's great content, but there's less focus on the content. It is, it is um, a cohort that allows um, 
a, a loose framework for people to play with the content that calls to them in, in a particular module, but to absolutely use that content um, in a way that is is needed, you know, to fill a gap between where they're where they are and where they're growing, right? And I think sometimes we assume that a cohort needs to we need to learn this and this and this and this and this. But really, what if a cohort is just meant to hold space in a nurturing way um, to provide just enough, but to absolutely ensure that people feel seen, heard. Um, give them a room to practice, to practice what they feel they need to say, you know, all of those pieces. And, and that's really what I'm learning and appreciating. And, and Vanessa's just been such a great addition to being able to hold that circle. It's It's been fabulous. Can I just jump in and add, and I'm super excited to hear that, Vanessa, but I just want to add, I think people are craving connection. They really are craving connection. And, and so that's so wonderful to hear that. Um, yeah, congratulations, that's awesome. I think what I'm taking away from this conversation is, Vanessa, is your, um, I loved your piece about the, what Char picked up on too, about the, the marginalizing and, and the, not that you said that, but like the looking out to the margin and the pulling and the pulling in. Um, I'm leaving with with that exploration for me, getting curious about about that. And I'm also leaving with the with my own gratitude of as a non-indigenous person on this walk, on this path with you, with the three of you, in my own learning of that and the the privilege I have to like to be here. And then the privilege that I that that means, what do I do with that? And that that that's my invitation forth in the world and I'm grateful for the learning and and your patience and of with me and um yeah but mostly the privilege now it's like yeah and now go share so that's what I'm leaving with today and and I'll pass to you Char what are you leaving with from this conversation mm, just a real um openness and a surety that um that that the knowing is there and bringing spirituality into the workplace um is becoming mainstream <laughs> because the the knowing is there yeah okay i'm gonna add and um, flip it don't keep spirituality to the workplace <laughs> bring it out the rest of your life <laughs> and i'm also <laughs> grateful uh, grateful that you're in the house with us. I'm super grateful for that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know you better. I think that you are incredible and we couldn't be um, more blessed to have you in our sphere. Thank you. Aw, you ladies are making me blush. <laughs> Thank you, I feel humbled. Um, and for me, I'm leaving with the reminder of the importance of community, the importance of connection, uh, and the importance of sisterhood. Um, I think we are stronger together. And when you can find like-minded people, there's really no stopping you, right? Um, so 
that's what I want to leave with and an invitation for folks to to join Powerhouse and just um, check us out and work and work with us and uh, because we truly do offer a place to be seen, heard um, and valued. And, uh, and that's what Indigenous organizations offer. That's what social impact organizations offer. And um, yeah, and in my journey with Powerhouse, I'm so excited to cross paths with more um, amazing, inspiring change makers and leaders because um, yeah, that's, that's who Powerhouse works with. So um, if, if that's you, then uh, we invite you to join us. Thank you, Vanessa. And um, tell me again, where will people find about find out about your labyrinths? Because you know people are going to be wanting to know about that. What's what's the <laughs> website? Where do we go for that? <laughs> so my uh, website is vancitylabyrinth.com. And I'm also on Instagram under uh, vancitylabyrinth. Awesome. Yay. Well, thank you for joining us on Gather for Her, this co-created conversation with global leaders, change makers, and social impactors. Many thanks to our impact media producer and sister company, Regen Media, reminding us that we can take the power of media into our own hands when we support stories that heal, regenerate, uplift, and transform. And thank you to the hands at our back at Powerhouse and Regen's digital storytellers, Zoe Gray, Madeline Archibald, and Willow Smith. And thank you to my co-hosts and my sisters in change, the Braid of Powerhouse, Shar, Christina, Sharon, and me. And to you, our listeners, our community of change makers, leaders, and social impactors. Thank you for walking with us in co-creation of the world that we are living into together. Reconciliation in action begins with awareness, followed by a practice, and then is carried forward within us as integrated knowing. We want you to know that you're always welcome here each week on Gather for Her, as you are, how you are, in the awesomeness that you are, in the awkwardness of, that you are. There's always a place for you at our fire here in Powerhouse. And thank you for being with us and so much love to you. And we will see you all again in two weeks or next week in the Wisdom Circle. So visit us at powerhouse.com and, and let's go and keep this conversation going. As always, we are so grateful for your deep listening with us. We want you to know that there is a community here that you may not know about yet. We gather virtually every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time for these live conversations, and we call it Gather for Her. This is the place where we begin to weave our individuality together to remove silos and place our hands at each other's backs for activated, intentional action towards a world we all want for 2030 where we prepare for a better world. When you're ready, we're here. Find us at powerhouse.com and get social with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. If it feels right, you can support this inspired wisdom through Patreon at patreon.com powerhouse. Until next time, keep listening and know we're always here, ready to gather with you.